0: Good morning. It's July 12th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name, and that was J.J. Heller playing over the rainbow. Today's topic is home. Oh, but anyway, Toto, we're home. Home! Home! And this is my room, and you're all here. And I'm not gonna leave here ever, ever again, because I love you all, and oh, Annie M., there's no place like home." Judy Garland, 1939. The London East End was made up largely of what was called the Docklands in the early 1950s. It was an incredibly poor district dedicated to hundreds of six-story tenements that were teeming with life in very close quarters. Almost all the men worked 15-hour shifts at the docks in some capacity or other, and the women raised the babies that never seemed to stop coming prior to the advent of birth control. The tenements were constructed in squares, with a center courtyard and balconies running completely around the interior on every floor. The flats themselves consisted of three rooms, usually dividing off each other. The tiny kitchen held a gas stove and a pantry cabinet, usually just a corner of the main room which also had a stone sink in the corner with running cold water. There were two bedrooms, often for a couple with six to 10 children. Flush toilets were just being installed in the first part of the decade, situated next to the stone sink in the main room due to the plumbing. The lack of privacy was considered insignificant compared to the convenience of not carrying a chamber pot downstairs to empty in the courtyards or tramping down the stairs in the dark to negotiate your way to a lavatory shed which up to 500 people might have shared. Living was close. The courtyards, the center of social life, but the balconies full of running children, hanging laundry and gossiping neighbors. Washing machines were unknown to the poor and tumble dryers had yet to be invented. The vast majority of the populace had never been out of East London. In fact, most lived their entire lives within a few blocks of where they were born. In short, it was a beehive of social activity populated by the very poor, but the menfolk were almost all employed, and life was possible on a subsistence level. Distractions consisted mostly of pubs, dog racing, dancing, movies, and brothels, and yet church was almost always the center of social life and uniformly attended. Oddly, there was a strict morality within the social structure of the Docklands. With divorce unheard of, unwed mothers a distinct rarity, the streets safe at night, and for the most part, violence confined to the domestic variety. In the late 50s and early 60s, the tenements, though a huge improvement in the early 20th century, became an embarrassment to the City of London. Slum clearance began in earnest, and families would receive a government notice that their home was being demolished in a few weeks, and they were being rehoused to a flat several miles away with a proper bathroom and central heating. The process devastated the community. In the words of Jennifer Wirth, who described the East End in detail in her fabulous memoir, Call the Midwife, what good is a flat with a bathroom if you never see your grandchildren again? Slum clearance completely shattered the extended family, which had always lived within easy walking distance of each other. The elderly often died in the transition, completely unable to adapt to a radically different way of life. Every facet of life, from the pub to the church to your neighborhood grocers, were now often extremely difficult to access, or for some, impossible. There is a lesson here, and I think it might be as simple as, home is where the heart is. It didn't matter that the conditions were objectively awful in London's East End in the 50s. What mattered to people was that it was home, and with the unconditional love of family, one can be happy in any circumstance. Our Kenyan boy, Jacob, whom we have supported through World Vision for 15 years now, comes to mind. He is always beaming in his photos, accompanied by his beaming parents, despite the impoverishment of the village you can see in the background. The world can be an awful place indeed, with wars, pestilence, and ethnic hatreds, as we are still seeing today. But Christians understand that we are visitors here. Our forever home is with our Lord, and it is in his kingdom. He loved us first, and we abide in him. Our brothers and sisters in christ love each other through his power adopted into god's own family we can be content we can be happy in any place on earth and we can call it home even if temporarily as long as the ones we love are there with us the physical structure could be poor but the structural integrity of our home lies in the heart turned toward our savior the rains came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house Yet it did not fall, because it had a foundation on the rock. Matthew seven twenty five. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder's labor is in vain. Psalm 127. Father God, we love you. We love our brothers and sisters, and we thank you that our home is wherever their love is found. It's such a blessing that we are never alone, never without shelter, as long as we abide in your Son. Amen.